Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster here with you. Jad Chambers producing. He's got the lie on that IHOP hotline at 869-1240, where you will have a chance to win some HTO later in the program. It's also where you'll find Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul joining us top of the next hour. Uh, good timing for that as we sort of get the wild and crazy uh, story on Ronnie DeGray's eligibility and how that all played out. Uh, looking forward to that. I I know it was crazy last week for Wichita State, uh, so that'll be an interesting one. Get a state of the Shockers ahead of their game uh, tomorrow against Kansas State, a big one up in Kansas City. Uh, so we'll have a look at that. We'll talk a little Chiefs, talk a little NFL. Good morning, everybody. Tommy, how are you? I'm good, man. Ready for this Wednesday, ready to get it underway. I feel like, and it's always this way every single year, I feel like December always goes quick until you get to the week before Christmas, and then it just kind of, like, drags on. Uh, So I'm ready for this week to be done, ready for the holidays. Uh, I think we're we're getting there. I think we're pretty close. That doesn't really change from when you were a kid, right? Like, it's the slowest time. Like, God, is it ever going to be Christmas? Yeah, it is. And then the week after is weird, too. So... Because you have you're waiting for the new year, and it's like these two. I agree with you; these two like periods of time that are just sort of odd warps. Uh, but we'll get there. We'll have Christmas soon. Hope everybody is having a happy holiday ahead of Christmas, getting ready for it, uh, getting everything you need to get done. Hope we're helping you pass the time as you make your way through those long work days. I know kids are beginning to get out of school in various places, and. You know, that also makes things drag a little bit as they're bored. You know, they, they've been out of school for about 10 minutes and they're like, all right, we're bored now. So uh, hopefully we're uh, helping you pass do you wanna, that time. Do you want to know how to make the time seem like it, it'll it go a lot, lot faster? Still have uh, at least one thing you got to buy for somebody. The time will fly. I thought you were going to say get drunk because that's, I was definitely, you know, that's, that's exactly kind of the... where my head went was get <laughs> hammered. Yep. Nope. Just still have at least one Christmas present that you haven't bought yet and time will be gone before you know it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have all any present that I have to get. I still have not done that yet. And that's, I'll, I'll be out and about probably on like what the 23rd, 24th, maybe, uh, this is coffee in this cup yeah, to good, Tommy's idea. Good luck to here. you. Good luck to you going yeah. out on the twenty third and twenty fourth. Oh, it'll be fine. I do it every year. It's no big deal. Uh, you know, it's just you know, it's not, I don't have some like thing that I've got to get. It's not like whatever that movie is we were talking about yesterday, Jingle All the Way. There's no like special one thing. My my son wants an F car. Nobody knows what that is. So no, like literally nobody knows what that is, and he and he doesn't even know what it is. He's like, it's a big car that has F oh. on it. And we're like, oh, all right. So we're going to guess at what that is. Like he's made up this thing that he wants and he's stuck to it. And we're like, this is an interesting new twist on Christmas. There's no. We're just going to come up with imaginary things. It's like a Christmas scavenger hunt, basically, that you have to go and track down. I guess so. I mean, I feel like he's setting us up for failure and there's a zero percent chance we get that right. But we'll see how that goes. I'll, I'll report back on. The 26th. We don't have a show on the 25th. Uh, no show Christmas Day. Although I will be on CBS Sports Radio Christmas Day that night, I think, like 5 to 9. So uh, you can you can catch me that way. But, yeah, we will not be here Christmas Day. Uh, Tommy, let's start with Aaron Rodgers. 
So this is so typical of the last, I don't know, five years of Aaron Rodgers. You, it's almost like these stories are self-created. Um, I, I, you know, I, he's acting like, like guys, it's really unreasonable for me to be uh, like, you're the one who said you were going to come back and play like this. None of that. Nobody thought you were coming back to play this year. Like that never, no, because nobody ever does that to an Achilles. You're the one who's been saying that. So now to be like, well, you know, like so nonchalantly, like it's our fault that we expected you back. You're the one who said it. But he's not back, and it makes no sense for him to come back, by the way. Uh, so, like, what what are we doing here with, with Aaron Rodgers? Like, he, he, I've never seen somebody create the news quite as well as he does it, but he does it every year. Well, it's a master class in how to dominate the top of the news cycle when you're not even playing in a single game. And part of that, I think, has to do with the weekly appearance when he's on Pat McAfee, you know, so he can stay in the news cycle. The thing about Aaron Rodgers, and and we can talk about his personality all day long, and I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers fan, never really have been, never really liked his personality, but the one thing that I can, I guess, give him credit for is that he is pretty intelligent. I think he likes to think that he's the most, like he's the smartest oh, guy in the room. There's no question all the time, about that. But he's at least pretty strategic and intelligent when it comes to keeping his name in people's mouths and being top of mind and all of that. Like he creates this narrative. He stays in the news cycle. It's something where, I mean, uh, you know, he comes back He after he has that injury and he says, I'm going to do everything I can to get back. And then, you know, he stays in the news and there are pictures of him throwing the football and video of him on the field at the jet stadium, throwing the football that's talked about more than the actual game that's about to go on itself. I mean, he's kind of a, he's a master at that sort of thing. And the thing that I think is so crazy about it is that everybody who buys into it gets played by him every single time. And there's really never any adjustment. Like, there's never any thought where anybody's like, you know what, maybe we don't cover this, you know, because he's just, it, it's he's doing it, you know, to us Well, you all. have to cover it. That's that's what he's good at. That's where he's mastered it. You have to cover it. You know, like, the, the, it was the number one story of the offseason. And then it all builds up and comes crashing down in about five seconds. I mean, you it, it is... I don't mind it as long as you're not surprised by it because it is entertaining at at least. Like his his time in New York and he's played what five snaps has been really entertaining. The reality is, like as we watch this season and that team, we already knew their schedule was brutal this year. Right. He is I think a good fit with the weapons that they have but he would have been a terrible fit with that offensive line. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to work. And so the Jets have almost had like this makeshift hall pass on because that would have not gone well. Imagine if he didn't, you know, tear an Achilles but was able to play. He would have just got crushed. And that wouldn't have gone well. Like what are your chances he comes back after that? It's like, nope, like I'm done with this. Now he will come back, one, to prove everybody wrong. So he's got this added motivation. He's sort of toying at the idea that it's not more than next year. I think his play on the field will determine that as much as anything else. But the Jets get this hall pass now. And I don't know that Robert Sala will get the hall pass. I, I'm curious to see how they handle that. But the organization does, and they get a chance to go try to fix this offensive line. They're pretty set everywhere else, right? Like they have – I mean, they could probably use another receiver. But, uh, you know, they could – 
they could really attack one specific position, keep people that you've got, and they'll have a pretty good chance next year, and their schedule will probably be a little bit easier. It's not the worst-case scenario for the Jets if you think that it wasn't going to work with that line anyway. I don't think it was, not with Aaron Rodgers. So it'll be really interesting, and maybe he is motivated to play two more years. I don't know. I don't really care. I'd like to just see him play a game uh, before we get into any of those conversations. But it is funny now that, like, and but people are on to the game now. Like, 100% of the reaction I've seen is everybody just sort of rolling their eyes. Like, okay. Like what, what? All right. Like I'm go- cool. Like you're not coming back. Like I, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> and look, I had I had the thought. This was maybe back in gosh, I don't know, late September, early October. My thought at the time was, this is lining up perfectly for Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season to make some kind of statement or comment saying that he is fully healthy and fully ready to go. But the Jets, oh, but the Jets missed the playoffs, so he wasn't able to come back and play. And who knows if that would even be accurate or not? But I, I'm kind of like this was telegraphed. Like you could kind of tell back several months ago the way that this was going to end. On top of it, the other thing that Aaron Rodgers did, and you kind of referenced it, is he talked about that he's not planning on being done after 2024. So he's extending the coverage of him he's extending the what if back and forth will he retire will he not conversation for potentially another year or even more i mean at the time when he signed with the jets the conversation very quickly afterwards was is this a one-year thing and then he kind of put that to bed and said no he thinks he has a couple of years well now he's extending it even further and it's just creating the narrative and it's going to continue on about aaron Rodgers. Not unlike what we had with Tom Brady about will he or won't he retire, but I actually think Aaron Rodgers is fueling that fire more than Brady ever did. Um, yeah, I, I agree. He's fueling it himself. I don't yes. think Brady was Brady ever didn't intentionally fuel, yeah. fueling it. I don't think Brady intentionally Brady just fueled didn't, it. He didn't know. Like yeah. he legitimately didn't know what he was going to do. Like if you a good like remember that Brady did sort of retire and then like came it was back. like no that was the wrong decision and like no that that was not as not the same thing as this like this right. is calculated Brady was just like this dude loves football and can't can't walk away it, what if the Jets were in contention is it likely cleared like I would have had no problem and I don't think that the Jets would have had a problem if Rodgers was just like guys we're out of it I, I I technically am medically cleared when we're talking about risk here. It's probably not the smart thing to do, but you can't say that because you don't want the guys in the locker room to hear that, right? Like you don't want anybody to know that, even if that is the case, if strategically and organizationally and reality, quite frankly, tells you that that's the case, you can't come out and say that. So Rogers almost had to get out ahead of this. Right, because we saw the practice video, and and look, I I think that his recovery from an Achilles is at at his age is still just as impressive as we thought it was. But the reality is, it doesn't make any sense for him to play this year. Yeah. So it's almost like is this damage control? Is this crisis control? Because he might make it back, but we don't want him back. Like if I'm the Jets, I don't want him on the field. But don't you think that there's a small part, and maybe it's even bigger than a small part, but a part of Aaron Rodgers that. I don't want to say he was rooting for the Jets to miss the playoffs, 
but at least like thinking, okay, if they miss the playoffs, then I don't have to be tested with this Achilles, even though I've tried to go, <sighs> go through this remarkable recovery. You know, I don't even have to like cross that bridge because they're not going to make the playoffs and it's okay. And I can then sit back and say, hey, I was good to go, but they didn't make the playoffs. Like, I, I think he's calculated enough that that was probably a part of the way that this whole thing is played out. Not that he was rooting for them to lose, but it does yeah, benefit him I, a little bit. I get bit, what you're saying. You know, I to not have saying. to worry about, like, that conversation of, man, if they make the playoffs, is he healthy enough to come back? And then have to answer that question. I think if you got an honest answer, he would have probably rather come back in week 16 or 17 and, like, got them the win to get them into the playoffs. It's been apparent for a while that, they weren't going to be good enough this year. And I think it's that's probably you're having the discussions at that point. The, the easy part of this for Aaron Rodgers is he has to get a medical clearance. And team doctors, team doctors can be helpful in that regard. Like, uh, I don't want to be medically cleared yet. Like, uh, that doesn't make any sense. And And again, I'm not knocking that. It's the right and smart thing to do for the Jets, and it's much easier then for them to be like, all right, he's cleared, he can play, but we suck and we don't want him to because our line's terrible and we don't want to get him killed. Like you, It's so much easier yeah. for Rodgers to run his own damage control here, jump on McAfee and be like, as I'm not medically cleared, it's, it's probably not going to happen for three or four weeks. We're just going to run out of time, right? Like that's so much easier than right. the alternative, and he's already very good at that. So like it's – it, you know, if the Jets right now, if it was – you know, two games to go, and they had to have two wins, and he was. Uh, I, I think he'd go. I think he would try to go. Uh, yeah, but I think that's that not what, the reality. I think that what should be important for the Jets, considering that this year they're done, they're not making the playoffs, and knowing that Rodgers is planning on playing next year, regardless if you have Robert Sala or not, and I don't really know his status or what that looks like, but regardless if you have him or not. You've got to try to work on making this team better around Aaron Rodgers next season if you're the front office. I mean, keep in mind, I mean, think about the number of players that have been close to Aaron Rodgers over the years that the Jets went out and acquired for this year. Name me one of them that have done anything of significance for this team. So rather than spending their time working on that offensive line, working on legitimate weapons to surround Aaron Rodgers with, they just went out and signed a bunch of his buddies. And they didn't they haven't really done a whole lot, right? Well, like they and the biggest thing they tried to do was trade for Devontae Adams because of the relationship that Rodgers has with Devontae Adams, and that didn't work. They weren't able to acquire him, but they went out and they got Randall Cobb. They signed Dalvin Cook because Rodgers wanted them to sign Dalvin Cook. Like there were several other players. And none of them have really done anything for this team. So I think moving forward next season, even if you have Robert Sala or you don't, you've got to kind of shut out that noise of bringing in Rodgers' buddies and more of like who's going to actually be a difference know, maker on we this We don't team. know if that experience. We don't know if that experiment would have worked because he didn't play at all. So was Rand, Randall Cobb was never going to be a contributor on the field. Randall Cobb was brought in to help in the wide receiver room with a bunch of young receivers. That's why they brought him in. Alan Lazard was brought in to be a you know a factor, and they paid him pretty good money. And Nathaniel Hackett was brought in, and all of these things. I, I don't think you can abandon those things now, and this will be the trickiest thing for the Jets. Like, Rodgers signed up to play for Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett. I would imagine that those guys will remain safe, 
because that was a part of the plan. The plan went up in flames four snaps into the opener. So you almost still have to give the plan a chance. And and I'm saying, like, I think this would be the right thing to do. I would not move on from those coaches. I would stick with them, and I would do everything that I can in my power to make that offensive line better, which probably, you know, you can try to draft in. You know, rookies can fare okay on the offensive line, so you got to attack it with the draft. They clearly do need another pass catcher, mm-hmm. um, as great as Garrett Wilson is, and I do think he's going to be one of the best receivers in football with Aaron Rodgers. The running game is they, really good, obviously, with Brees Hall. If they commit to it, but right. the problem is when you have no passing game, you really limit what you can do in the running game. So and it's like it's hard. Is, that defense is, I think— it's still awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say the word elite. I don't. Uh, they're right. I, I, at, oh, it is. It is. They're it's right elite. at that like, that threshold. I think from being great to nobody being can pass on them. Like they're they're awesome, and I don't think they run a great risk of losing many or any of those guys next year. I think it's the year after that. That's top of the head. Don't hold me to that. So they it, they've got one area to attack. You've got to get Rogers healthy. And you have got to fix the offensive line. And that can be done. You know, it's you got to get creative. The Chiefs did it. The Chiefs fixed an offensive line in one season. I don't know if the Jets have that kind of money. I don't know if they're able to create that kind of money. Rodgers can probably help them do that. And and they've got to get it done. You've got to or otherwise you're gonna have the same situation again. Maybe it's not an Achilles, but it's a broken shoulder because he's under fire all that he's going to be 40 like you you just cannot play that way so we'll see it's not going to happen this year I had I I was worried about it honestly as a football fan that wants to see this experiment play out a little bit I was worried that he would get out there this year because he would get killed this year I mean their line sucks and so you got to fix it and I think this is best case scenario for all of us even if you're a Rodgers hater Rodgers being out there is going to make the NFL experience better for you yeah. because it will be more entertaining. It's best case scenario. I think I agree with you on all of that, even if it has been calculated and planned out sure. and all yeah. of that. Like yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's Aaron Rodgers for you. It's the best case scenario for everybody. It's this is not a spontaneous thing that just popped it's, out of nowhere. It's so funny. This has been scripted by Rodgers for a long time. Everyone wanted to give Pat McAfee, who, again, is not a journalist, never never pretends to be, doesn't care about any of that stuff, and, and I don't have any problem with any of it. But I remember back to, like, oh, you pay him a million dollars a year, and I'm sitting here thinking, you should pay him $10 million a year. Like, you've built an empire based on his shenanigans. And Mac, Mac, that's basically what McAfee said. He's like, he's way he's worth way more than that to yeah. us. So, like, it's just wild. Uh, it, it's, it's interesting. What a... What a guy, Aaron Rodgers. Won't be back this year. Uh, will be next year. I want him out there. I, one, I want to see how good Garrett Wilson can be, probably more than anything else. But I just want him out there because I'm entertained by it. And at the end of the day, that's all we can ask for, right? We just want to be entertained by this. 869-1240, what do you think out there? Uh, let us know. We'll come back. It's really a smattering today. We'll have some Wichita State talk with Kevin Saul, top of the hour. I want to touch briefly on... On some college football stuff, I've seen this pop out there, some new like recruiting class rankings by 247, and a very obvious absence from one particular league we follow. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll go through all of it as we make our way through a midweek edition of Sports Daily. 
All right, welcome back in, everybody. Glad to have you here. Uh, Brandon, I, I mentioned my son wants this mystery gift that doesn't exist, that he doesn't even know what it is, called an F car. Brandon guesses Formula One car. Uh, he doesn't know what that is either. I mean, maybe subliminally. I think he has one of those. He's into cars. Uh, again, he can't even really describe what it is, but that's that's what it is. He just says it's an F car. And I say, what is it? And he says, I don't know, a big car with an F. And I'm like, okay. So we'll, we're going to take a swing at it. Uh, I, again, I don't think we'll get it right. I think we're being set up for failure somehow. This is like some ploy. My son's four, um, but I think he's got a plan here. Um, Ken says on our video stream, by the way, you can catch our video streams on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch every day. If you're not in your car driving around or you're at the office or whatever, maybe you're listening to us for free on the Odyssey app streaming it. You can also do that and uh, look at our ugly mugs while you do it here on our video streams. Ken says, good morning. Love the Royals segment yesterday. Thank you. They did make a couple of those moves official uh, yesterday, Ken. Um, boy, they have been active. Trades that we haven't even talked about yet to you know do things further down in the system and the free agent money they've spent. They're, they are putting their money where their mouth is, and, and it's desperately needed for this fan base. And, you know, there's that piece of it. And we talked about this yesterday. We think they're good moves, too, that will help them contend next year, which I never would have thought I would have said that because I didn't see him going to spend $30 million on starting pitching this year and another, you know, whatever, $30 million on the bullpen. So uh, good for the Royals. They're, they're trying to get in there. They're trying to convince people to pay for their stadium, and this would be a way to help. We'll see no no chatter of any, like, extension or anything with Bobby Witt Jr. He'll he'll uh, avoid arbitration. They'll get that settled out, I'm sure. They're not going to arbitrate with Bobby Witt Jr. Um, all right, Tommy, I mentioned this before the break. So I, I saw the 24-7 sports sort of update their team rankings in recruiting. And you've got the, you know, typical cast of characters at the top, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Florida State's up there, which is interesting. So Texas is at five. Oklahoma's at seven. We don't catch another Big 12 team, Tommy, in there until Texas Tech at 22. Uh, Good for Texas Tech, by the way. That's awesome. Um, And then UCF at 29. And then TCU at 32. And you got to scroll. And then there's Kansas at 46. Now, Kansas at 46 is good for Kansas, right? That that They can live in that in that area pretty comfortably. I don't think K-State uh, – yeah, K-State's all the way down at 61. They've, they've signed a bunch of players but three stars. This isn't like the class they had last year. KU and K-State are, are – you know, they're sort of used to living in those ranges. But it is sort of alarming to look at this and just – wonder aloud like without Texas and Oklahoma man and I know we did this in the past but it's again this year like without those two in there yeesh like they're, they're, these these recruiting rankings are not going very I, well I, for the Big 12. Look I get it I get that it's the recruiting rankings and all of that does it really mean a whole lot I mean at the end of the day you want to see these players come in and be developed and, and so that's, I mean, that's always been outside of Texas and Oklahoma, the way that the Big 12, you know, butters its bread is developing players that are not blue chip five-star recruits 
developing them into great college football players. That's the way that the Big 12 has always been before, you know, outside of Texas yeah. and Oklahoma. So, I mean, it, but you, you'd hope that you'd get some boost from the, like, but like Arizona State, Arizona, Utah, uh, Colorado, and I'm surprised Colorado's not higher, honestly. They just don't have a lot of total recruits, but they have, you know, of the Big 12, there are, he, here's another. So the Big 12 as a conference right now, Tommy, as a conference, has two five-star players. Two. One for Texas Tech and one for Colorado. As a, as a comparison, Texas by itself has four. Ohio State has five. But, but We're now, talking but about the that, entire conference only with two. Now that Texas and Oklahoma are out of the picture, what programs do you expect to get multiple five-star recruits? I don't know. Um, that's it, it. Just is. It's one way to look at the difference. Um, like what, if we're talking what, like three or four years ago, I would expect for Baylor to have a couple of five star recruits. Yeah, maybe. I mean TCU might. TCU it's just, maybe. It's, well, so what gets really interesting to me, like big picture, when I see these kinds of none of this surprises me. By the way, I mean I would expect to see this. But you you lose those two, and it is alarming. And this is why they're gone. By the way, like th- there was there was such a difference between not, and I'm not talking about results on the field for this conversation. It's not what I'm talking about at all. Obviously, the Big Twelve does fine in that regard. But like there was such a different dynamic in play between Texas and Oklahoma and everybody else, both in recruiting and operating budgets and revenues and all of these things. Like, it was a very obvious gap between those two. Now, the, again, winning games is not that way, and that's what ultimately matters and, and is still very important and everything. But, like, eyeballs and, you know, support and all those things, it makes sense that they did what they did. That's never hurt my feelings as a Big 12 fan because it was inevitable, and I think it was holding the league back trying to bridge that gap through these you know, strange ways they've tried to. It's almost now, to me, like embracing this will be the best thing for the league, like to, to embrace what is coming, and that's that there will be a, a perceived talent gap. But what I don't know how it will be affected is ultimately where the NIL lands. And when they're talking about, you know, this tier of spending and everything else, because I've always thought, and we see it through the transfer portal, probably as much as anything else. And that's where the big 12 is going to thrive, by the way, is, is like through the transfer portal is because you can't, you can't play everybody. And when everybody needs to play to earn, then they've got to have a place to play. And so I think you will see, and it goes both directions. And I know people have said, and I, I, I don't remember, I, Fitz may have said this, but other people have said it too. Like there's a concern that the Big 12 will become this like feeder league for the bigger leagues. But I also think that goes back the other direction too, where really good players who just haven't had the opportunity to go in and play yet could find their way to Big 12 teams. And that's how they land five-star players. So if you get and and the reason that's interesting now is because of all this, you know, two-time transfer thing. Like if they can figure out a way to incentivize sticking with a program, and again this would be after the first transfer, then I think 
I, I think there is a world where the overall talent pool in the Big 12 actually gets better, right? Because you're bringing in these high pedigree guys who just need a chance to play. They get their chance to play. And if they stick around for two, maybe even three years, now you've you've elevated the talent pool potentially for the rest of the league, I think. Now you're going to lose players there too. That'll be the hard part, right, is can you keep your Avery Johnsons? And, you know, we'll see if the league can do that. I'm not sure. That's up to, you know, Brett Yormark and, and some of the bigger players, I think, to drive overall revenue up. But, you know, it's it it will be fascinating to see the ebbs and flows of that talent gap that exists. I mean, it does. You can say what you want. It It exists right now between, you know, the top end, I would say, of the Big Ten, the mostly entirety of the SEC, and then and then everybody else. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get too hung up on the recruitment rankings. Today's no, na- I don't either. Today's National Signing Day. It's been fun to follow some of these guys that are yeah. committing to the area schools. I just don't get too hung up on it, and I don't get too high or too low on it because, again, with the Big 12, and I mentioned this a couple of minutes ago, the Big 12, have they've always thrived on finding the diamonds in the rough, the guys that are not the five-star blue-chip recruits, the ones that you know maybe are a little bit overlooked. And I'm not just talking about our local schools. I'm talking about the entirety of the Big 12, for the most part, has always thrived on developing talent over the years in their programs. That's why the, the Big 12 schools that are typically at the top of the standings are the ones that are heavy with veterans. They're players that you know have been developed over the years. They've stuck with the programs long-term. That's really where a lot of times the success in the Big 12 has come from. And so, again, I don't get too hung up on it. I know the landscape is changing with NIL. I know the landscape is changing with the transfer portal. But you take a look at a program like Kansas, for example. You know, there have only been a couple of players that have announced transferring out of the program. They're returning a lot of production next season. That's really important for a program like Kansas and a Big 12 program. They don't have to worry about starting over for the most part. And that's where, really, if you did, if you did have to worry about that world, that's where you would want the blue chip five-star recruits because a lot of times they're going to be plugged in right away and have to get playing time. That's not always really the case with a lot of schools in the Big 12. I don't get hung up on it either, but it is the reason that the SEC wins the most championships, and it is the reason that you know these top-tier teams get in and fare so much better you know, in a playoff scenario. I don't know, TCU made the national title game a year ago. And got smashed. But they made the national title game. I I know, and I love that they did. beat Michigan in the playoffs. I know, I I love that they did, and they did because I think they got the best of Michigan's cheating. But, you know, and, and that's awesome. I'm glad that they did. And they did it, by the way, based on what we're talking about in taking a lot of high-level players that transferred out of other places. Right. And that is a path. That is a clear and obvious path. And I know it's different than what people want college athletics to look like. I, I, I do think that there is a way to get the best of both worlds. And, and so it now the goal becomes over the next, you know, three, four, five years of figuring out how you do that. How can you allow athletes – to go and be their best, to have the opportunity to be their best, to earn what they're worth, but also have a stronger commitment to their schools. 
And so that's, you know, that's the challenge now. How do you do that? And I think that's why I think while people have scoffed at these like trust things, I think, you know, tying compensation into a work contract situation makes the most sense. Here's our agreement. You can make all this money, but you have to give us a commitment too. And it's different than scholarship. We're not talking about academics. I understand and appreciate the value of a scholarship. I really do. But it's not as valuable as cold, hard cash. And so, you know, like take take your opportunities, do what you need to do, but you've got to commit to us too. That's what we figure out here. And if you can figure out how to do it, I think you got to allow for a free transfer. And I don't know, we'll get we'll get Kevin Saul's thoughts on this, you know, these transfer rumblings and what it means bigger picture. But I, I, I think there's a path here. It's just very interesting now to see Texas and Oklahoma gone and how these things shake out with some of the best high school football players, that part hasn't changed very much. It's the same as it always has been. But can it change? Like, and I don't know what the transfer portal rankings look like right now, but it, I, I don't know. It, it just, it, it got me wondering as it is signing day and these rankings and these team rankings come out and we have all these high profile transfers and everything and how that's going to play out. I will say this. Everybody's worried that it's ruining the game. Did anybody enjoy their team more or less this year? Like, did, were you, you don't any, even notice? Were it. you any more locked into K State yeah, or KU you this year than you ever would? No, you, you don't, don't even like notice once it. the when, yeah when, once the games start, yeah. we're all steam you know full steam ahead. These are the guys we've got, and we're gonna go. And and I I don't think you know I think we overplay. It's ruining X or it's ruining Y or it's ruining. No, it's fine. It's fine. Because when the games start, you go root for the jersey, not for the player, right? That's just the way we are as sports fans. 869-1240. Uh, you can chime in on the IHOP hotline. Let's give away some HTO, Jad. Let's give away some brew house coffee. Uh, you can get uh, iced coffee. You can get hot coffee. You can get all the espresso drinks, the, you know, the standard ones with all the interchangeable options or you've got some specialty drinks you can get them at hto in east wichita hto in derby two free brew house drinks right now to our first caller on the ihop hotline 869-1240 we'll come back more sports daily we'll wrap up our number one after this All right, congratulations to Herb uh, winning some HTO Brewhouse coffee. I think it's Herb when it's a name, right? Not Herb like a spice. I, I think that's correct. Herb yeah, with I don't an know H. A lot of, don't know a lot of people named Herb. So, Herb, congratulations uh, on winning that Brewhouse coffee. Boy, it's uh, it's Christmas time, man. We I, I think I told you this yesterday, so we have to we're, – we're unrolling a lot of new stuff. My wife and I are up there till – late last night poor kids are with us it's just like just crazy time these these kids I, I, I you're not quite there with your your kids yet but man it is life altering when they get long breaks from school like this like you have this routine everything's going and then it's just like boom it's gone and christmas you plan for a little bit but there is like a crippling guilt of like we're bored. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Like I don't get a two-week break. And I'm trying to remember like because both my parents worked all the time. Right? We didn't have – so I'm trying to remember like what did we do during Christmas break? Probably we were bored and fended for ourselves in the house. And it's like, man, like times have changed a little bit. Like you got to be a little older. We don't really just – so I like, 
finding things like this is in the middle of like work days is always an adventure, especially when you both work. Like we're here on an island. We don't have any family here. Yeah. Like, we don't have any of that stuff. Like we're, it's, it's all in. So ba- most of the time the kids just come to work with us. That's what they do. I'm a firm believer that boredom develops character. I really believe that. If you're bored yeah. as a kid, you got to yeah. figure out something to do to take care of your boredom. Then at that point, you're learning skills. I mean, because like how many times, and I, I'm not suggesting that this has been me in my career, but how many times do you sit at your job and you're bored and you have to try to figure out something to do? If you don't have the experience in coming up with ideas, then you're just going to sit there and twiddle your thumbs and not get anything done. So I'm a big believer, like, let kids be bored. Let them figure it out. Oh, yeah, I know. I imagine it and all of that, you know. We do. I'm also a big believer in, look, you get to come to work with me today because life doesn't revolve around you. And that's a good lesson for you to figure out right now that it does not matter that, you know, you're bored or you're, you know, you're thirsty, go get a drink. And, and I, I'm a believer all, in that There's too. also nothing wrong with saying, oh, you're bored. I'll find something for you to do. Like I'll put yeah, you to you, work. Like go, I'll go do, clean up dog poop go, in the backyard. Go do the chores that your mom wants me yep. to do. I'm going to have you right. do them now. Like that. I think that's yeah, a good, that's a good, they way are getting old enough to understand that they have to be a little bit careful. I'm like, Oh, there's a sink full of dishes. That's one of their chores. I'm like, yep. good, go, go get that done. And, uh, and dog poop, go scoop dog poop. You're, you know, you're supposed to do that, you know, more frequently than you do yeah uh so yeah it's it's interesting i'm but clearly they, winning know. the parenting award i think from just basically telling no it is it, 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 it is because like i think that we have fallen into this trap of like we have to have like well-planned activities for our kids all of the time right when in reality like none of us grew up that way like our parents were working. Like, what do you do? Figure it out. Like, I don't know. We didn't have iPads, and and those things are lifesavers. Don't get me wrong. Like, they are absolutely when you got to have them at an airport or whatever. Like that kind of stuff in a pinch is is wonderful. But it does turn them into monsters, you know. In the limited time that you know, because we don't do much of that, but yeah. we do like in those moments where you have to, and they turn into like these mutant like zombies that are are. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, we've got, we're, we're beginning to get into that with our kids of like two weeks of I'm bored, um, figure it out. So yeah, come to work. We're going to, you might see them, uh, crawling in on, on, you know, on, on set here for the radio. My son's with me every day. He figures it out. He sets booby traps for me uh, as he watches <laughs> home alone. That's how he keeps himself entertained. I had a buddy chime in on that. Uh, so if you missed it on the show, I let my son watch home alone. He's four. And he's booby trapping things now around the house for me. He's like, you're going to have to just like fall down the stairs and entertain him. And I'm like, I, I don't think that I, I am going to have to do that. Uh, it's a good thought, but it's not like if I fell down the stairs once, he would get a good laugh and then that would be the end of it. It'd be like, that was awesome. Do now let's again. up the ante yeah. here. Like, and now, now we got to really bring it. Uh, it's I love those movies. He's, he's given home alone to a shot uh, here pretty soon. Um, all right, so coming up in the next hour, we'll have Kevin Saul in. This will be an interesting conversation because of the transfer rulings and things. Now, I, I don't think ultimately that stuff came into play with Harlan Beverly. I think his was kind of a clearance on its own, but we'll, we'll get the absolute you know, final word on that from Kevin Saul, uh, what it all means, what it might mean moving forward, bigger picture stuff, how relieving it must be to get a player cleared like that because I imagine that's very stressful in his world and then sort of a second half look at the Shockers and 
you know, a game up in Kansas City and two very high-profile games now with Kansas State and Kansas. I, I want to know what the future of those series looks like. Are we in good shape with potentially getting those scheduled more often? We'll do it all. Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, joins us for a bi-weekly visit next on Sports Daily. Sports Daily.